Welcome to Creativity Talks with me, Susan Yates, artist, author, and creative entrepreneur. This show discusses topics around my fundamental belief that everyone is creative. Each week through mindset talks, listener questions, and guest interviews, I will help to inspire you and bring creativity into your daily life. So grab a cuppa, sit back and relax, and let's get stuck in. Well, hello and welcome everybody. I'm Susan and so glad that you're here for Creativity Talks again this week to listen to hopefully a really fabulous interview that I have had recently with um, an artist, a watercolour artist, author and online educator called Colby Bloom. We had a fantastic discussion. We've got a lot in common because we're both um, teachers. I think we're both recovering perfectionists. That's something that she calls herself. And she does spend a lot of time teaching with a philosophy on really helping hesitant artists to discover and explore their infinite creative potential in joy, encouraging courage over perfection. Um, We had a really lovely discussion. We talked about so many things. And as I was actually doing the podcast and the interview, I took down so many notes in terms of wonderful snippets of advice and encouraging words. Um, I just feel that Colby is a a really wise soul and is just so encouraging, has a lovely energy about her. And she's taught so many people. She's taught more than 21,000 students worldwide and mainly in watercolour and art and just helped them and encouraged them to enjoy watercolour as much as she does. And Colby has also written a book called Wilderness Watercolour Landscapes, which you can find wherever books are sold. And she has a second book called Stunning Watercolour Seascapes, which is available for pre-order. And we do talk a little bit about these books and the process of writing books during the interview. So I think it's time that you grab a cuppa, you sit back and relax and listen to the interview and discussion that I had with the wonderful Colby Bloom. Right, so I'd like to welcome today Colby Bloom, who is a wonderful watercolour artist and tutor. And I'm sure she will introduce herself in far more beautiful words and um she knows herself better than I know her. So I will hand over and just ask you, who are you and what do you do? Thanks. Yeah. So my name is Colby Bloom and I am a self-taught watercolor artist, author, and online educator. Um, I really love it when people ask me who I am and what I do in this particular area because art is very new to me the self-taught part of my, you know, my little spiel, artist, author, online educator is really important. Um, Cause up until about five years ago, I thought I was terrible at art. I thought I was <laughs> so bad at it. I had other creative endeavors that I enjoyed pursuing. Uh, I'm a musician. I've played the piano since I was eight years old. I love to sing. I did theater in high school um, and I'm a writer. I majored in literature in college at university. And so Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, I felt like I had all of my creative bases covered and it was okay that art wasn't one of them. Um, until it was, yeah, it was about five years ago. I was working in nine to five and my husband was in law school in the evenings. And I remember watching Instagram videos back then. Instagram was a much simpler, gentler place than it is now. And I remember watching Instagram videos of hand lettering and watercolor and thinking, wow, I wish that I could do that. That is so cool. And I'm not exactly sure what happened or where my mindset changed, but at some point it shifted to, why can't I do that? I bet I could try doing that. And so I bought some brush pens to do lettering first. And I did that for about eight months. And then I picked up watercolor to try watercolor calligraphy. And it was like magic. It was, I can't remember a time except for maybe the first time I read Harry Potter where I felt so magical doing watercolor. And anyway, so I always like to tell that story when I give an intro because, you know, I think it's easy to look at people who call themselves full-time artists and think, oh, well, there's no way I could ever get there. Mm -hmm. And 
Well, that's just not true. Yes, <laughs> so. totally agree. <laughs> yeah. And what is it about um, watercolor in particular that you fell in love with? Oh, I just think watercolor. So I didn't find this out until after I had spoken to artists who, you know, had actually been trained in art and gone to art school and mm. whatever. Apparently, watercolor is a notoriously tricky medium. And every, usually people are surprised when I say that's what I started out with. But for me, I was really drawn to the inherent chaos in watercolor because, you know, watercolor is, it has a mind of its own. And when you try to control it, even if you can control it, I think your paintings end up looking more flat and like not really full of a ton of emotion mm. if you try to get watercolor to do exactly what you want. Mm. Um, but when you kind of just think of it more as a travel companion where you're gently guiding it in general directions mm. and then you kind of let it do its thing, mm. it can produce results that I couldn't have even imagined. Like, and I think that's really why I love watercolor. I keep coming back to it. Like since I've done watercolor, I've dabbled in acrylics, I've dabbled in oils, I've dabbled in colored pencil. And I like all of those, but I keep coming back to watercolor because I just think it's inherent chaos is really um, magical. And I like to refer to myself as a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> and so watercolor kind of forces me to let go of perfectionism and to see not only is it okay not to be perfect, but actually it also might be even more beautiful when it's imperfect. Mm. I might like the results a lot more when I embrace what I don't know and I'm kind of looking for an opportunity to discover as opposed to trying to force a result to have happen. Mm. That makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. I completely agree with you. I think as somebody who can be a perfectionist as well myself, like, like everything in order. And I think coming from a sort of printmaking point of view, you're trying to get perfect editions and line everything up and everything's got to be registered. And there's all this perfection, perfection, perfection. I think very much like yourself, I find watercolor really relaxing and really um free freeing and it's a it just for me it kind of reflects nature a little bit because there's obviously this yeah. wonderful structure in nature and beautiful patterns and like all this kind of substructure but then it does its own thing and I think when you watch watercolor dry I mean it could take you a while <laughs> to watch yeah. watercolor dry but yes. you know as it dries it just does this magical thing as it kind of blooms and the colors do their own thing and it is it is just like you're creating little beautiful things and magical yes. pieces. Um, so yes. I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. And that's, you know, you pointed out exactly what I was trying to say mm. about watercolor. And um, when you let it dry after you've just kind of, you know, let it do its thing, that's when you get those, like you said, those beautiful pockets of mm -hmm. like, blends and yeah. and parts of the paper coming through and it looks so beautiful but I think like when you try to use watercolor purely opaque or try to get it to be exactly a certain way anyway that's when it loses its magic right when you don't get it's to kind of it. like the whole magic of watercolor is the water in a way and the pigments yes. and how they they mix um yeah it's such a different medium to things like acrylic paint and even gouache yes. which is opaque watercolor um because they're designed to be more opaque and where yeah. you put them down, that's where they end up. And the colors almost, there might be a little bit of difference in the drying, but not a lot. There's a small difference in drying color, but there's mm -hmm. such a difference in how watercolor is. And it's sort yeah. of, sort of tease it and <laughs> help it yeah. along the way, but don't, you know, don't play with it too much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And obviously I've, I've heard and you've told me that you've written a book and you've got a second one on the way. Yeah. How did all that come about and what's in your, let's say your first book? I know you've got another one coming out very soon. Yeah, um, actually, as it happens, I didn't plan this, but my first book is sitting right here. Oh, <laughs> it's called Wilderness Watercolor Landscapes. Mm -hmm. And basically it's a how-to book. Let me just like hold up a few pages. Beautiful. Some fun projects. Um, it's a how-to paint watercolor landscapes for beginners. So mm -hmm. it's 
a guide that I had specifically in mind for people like me who start painting watercolor and they have no idea what they're doing and they have almost zero self-confidence because they've believed for a lifetime that art was never their thing. And I was really hoping to provide a really fun, but also encouraging, uh, relaxing journey through painting watercolor landscapes. So it starts pretty simple with just a night sky where it's basically three layers. You do a gradient for the sky you splatter on some white gouache for the stars, and then you use uh, a darker paint to paint a, sil a tree silhouette along the bottom. And that's the very first landscape that I ever tried. And, um, and it helped to show me that when you can break watercolor landscapes into enough pieces, mm. they are actually so much more doable than they seem. Yeah. And that's kind of my whole uh, theme for this book and for my second book, which is all about seascapes. Um, because even after pa painting my landscapes book, uh, painting the ocean terrified me. It was, it <laughs> seemed so daunting because painting moving water, like, how do you do that? It's so, it's so just like powerful and, but painting movement is difficult. And, and I remember trying painting the ocean a few times uh, after maybe a couple years of painting landscapes. And it always turned out terribly. It always looked like I painted mountains or just, you know, something else entirely. Maybe I could call it an abstract ocean, but I just, I couldn't <laughs> do it. And, um, but then when I realized that you don't have to paint like the ocean part in one layer, mm -hmm. you can break down even one subject into multiple layers and slowly build up the complexity. Mm -hmm. uh, that is kind of when it clicked for me. And so that's when I knew I needed my second book to be about oceans, because mm -hmm. if I struggled with it, I'm sure other people are struggling with it too. And I felt like I found, you know, the key or whatever to unlocking watercolor seascapes. And so I was really excited about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I actually... I was planning to pitch to publishers um, a few years ago, but one reached out to me over Instagram uh, a week before I was about to give birth, actually. And, <laughs> and I was so excited that even though I was, um, we set a conference call and uh, I was in the hospital when the conference call was supposed to happen unexpectedly. And I still took the call. And oh my, my husband was like, you should not <laughs> have done that. And in hindsight, I should not have done that. Don't do that. Just reschedule the call. <laughs> They'll understand. <laughs> but, you know, it had been two days since uh, since I gave birth to my son. And I was just kind of sitting there healing from a C-section and thinking, yeah, I could use some excitement in my life. So yeah. I took the Oh, and it is exciting, isn't it? That sort yeah. of thing. It is, it is fun. And you know, sometimes these opportunities don't come along all the time. So you want to give your all, don't you? And exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And um, obviously the, the book is encouraging others to do the same as yourself, to learn themselves, to learn um, different techniques, ways of becoming confident with, with paint, with watercolor. Is there mm -hmm. just something about teaching? Because obviously you do teach as well, um, in, yes. as in mm -hmm. courses, as well as through books. What is it about teaching and encouraging others? Is it because you felt you've gained so much from learning yourself that you want to share that with others? What is it about teaching? Yeah, I think that I love to teach because I get very frustrated when I have a bad teacher. <laughs> and <laughs> and I mean, I don't, I don't think any teacher is bad necessarily, but when I have a teacher who doesn't communicate effectively to me, like when I don't understand, usually it's because they don't fill in the gaps, mm -hmm. right? Like they have experience. And mm -hmm. so they're trying to teach about their experience, but they're not thinking about it in terms of a beginner. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like that. I get very frustrated. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think the reason I teach is because, you know, I never really had art teachers. I didn't take art in school or anything. And so I can't blame my lack of confidence in art on teachers, but I want to be the kind of person who fills in the gaps for people because I understand what it is to feel left out. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. And 
Um, and I, I don't know what it is. I mean, art is not the only thing I've taught. I've, I've always been very comfortable public speaking and giving presentations, which is interesting because I'm actually a, a really big introvert, <laughs> but, and I have social anxiety. So yeah, you would think that introvert here, but there's something about <laughs> teaching. It's different. It's, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Plus I actually think teaching helps me discover more about watercolor than I would on my own. Mm-hmm. When I have to teach it to somebody, mm-hmm. especially if I'm teaching somebody live, But not even, I mean, like when I'm having a conversation with somebody and trying to figure out what pieces they're missing Mm -hmm. and what I can provide so that they can bridge that gap, Mm -hmm. then I discover new things about this craft that I wouldn't have thought of because I didn't have their perspective as a beginner, right? I had my perspective as a beginner. And so there are so many times Uh, where I have either been in a Zoom conversation, you know, with people who take my course or where I'm in an in-person workshop where I'm trying to explain something and we're having a dialogue and I have aha moments like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. I'm going to go home and try it this way. And so I think, you know, selfishly, that's another reason why I like teaching because it helps me dive even more into my creativity by inviting other people in. I think it just kind of expands it. Oh, I can, I totally relate to that. Having taught myself again online, face to face, I come away from teaching. I find it, um, it can sometimes be a lot of, it can be as an introvert, it can be a little draining to give so much in a a short (laughs) period of time, but strangely, I always come away hugely energized and inspired by talking to others and, I don't know whether it's a, a community, a sharing of ideas. Uh, you know, I think community is really helpful for creativity because you can bounce ideas of other people. Um, mm-hmm. And certainly it helps you to understand whatever you're teaching in so much fine depth because you've got to know everything about it, be able to explain it, sometimes in different ways, verbally, mm-hmm. visually, all the different ways of explaining. You've got to be able to communicate because everyone learns differently. Mm-hmm. But like I'll often teach and I'll teach the same thing to every single person in a room. And then the different results from five, 10, how many people you're teaching, it just, it blows my mind sometimes. It's something that you think I've taught this for years. How is everybody still doing different things? And that's just what is amazing about creativity. And it gives me ideas. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this person's never done it before. And they've come up with this wonderful thing. It, it, yeah. it really is quite inspiring, like what creativity can do. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I have actually one time I posted one of my paintings or tutorials on Instagram and uh, one of the, it was a misty forest layer. So there were like six layers of trees going on, varying values of color. And one of the layers, I didn't quite manage to um, blend, like to blend the layer all the way up before it dried. So I had a little dried paint line in the back, which I viewed as a mistake at first because, you know, I didn't mean for it to happen. Mm. Uh, but then somebody commented on it. I posted and one of my followers commented and said, wow, I love that little line of shrouded trees you have in the back. And I was like, oh yeah, I totally did that on purpose. (laughs) But it was one of those things where alone, I would never have thought of that. Mm. Like I would never have thought that mistake could be something that actually added even more character and depth to the Mm. piece. But Mm. coming away from that experience, I have now incorporated that technique into so many of my other paintings because I realized you're right. It does look like it's a, you know, a line of shrouded misty trees in the background that just makes the scene go even further. And, and yeah, that's teaching. I think, you know, it, it requires me to be vulnerable in a much different way than making art alone does. And usually as it happens, when I am vulnerable, you know, around people who are supportive, I tend to feel so much bigger than myself. And Mm. so I think Mm. that's why I keep coming back to it over and over again. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Um, And I know that um, from looking through your website and chatting to you, the whole concept of mindfulness and being in the present moment when you're creating art is quite an important thing for you. Could you explain mm-hmm. a little bit more about that and why it's so important and what it all means? <laughs> yes, yes, I can. So <clears throat> let me preface it with, 
I mentioned before, I like to refer myself, refer to myself as a recovering perfectionist because uh, most of my life has been about achievement. I, you know, was one of those annoying kids who was very smart in school and always got the best grades and school was pretty easy for me. And from a young age, I was praised a lot for it. I was praised a lot for my good grades. I was praised a lot for all of the extracurriculars that I did. You know, I was the lead in a lot of the musicals in high school and I was just showered with a lot of praise, which is great. I'm not saying it's bad to get praise, but I am saying that led me to feel like when I wasn't receiving praise, then somehow I was doing something wrong with my life. (laughs) And so the result is I have kind of glorified productivity and just kind of kept going and going and going. And if I didn't have some kind of project or some kind of goal, then I felt like I was wasting my life. When in reality, the result was me being burnt out all the time and Mm -hmm. having very little self-confidence. I have come away uh, a few years ago. I heard the term reflected sense of self, which basically just means when you base your value as a human on how other people perceive you. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard that phrase, I instantly knew, oh man, that's exactly what I do. When I am not receiving positive praise from other people, I feel terrible. I feel like there's something wrong and I need to do more so I can receive more praise. And you know, of course I heard that term from a therapist. And so it ha- it was this moment where I realized, oh, I'm maybe not emotionally very healthy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, you know, enter in watercolor and art. I think this is true of all art, not just watercolor, but watercolor in particular is so magical to watch. It is so beautiful not only to admire after it's done, but actually when you're in the process of making it, mm-hmm. I could, and I do, I have all around my desk, just like scraps of paper mm-hmm. of blends and swatches that I make all the time because I just like watching the paint on the paper. And so mindfulness is when you practice noticing what's happening right in front of you and you don't let your thoughts veer to the future or the past or something else that's happening it's really mindfulness is when you focus on exactly what's happening in the present moment um sometimes like a lot of a lot of uh teachers talk about mindfulness in terms of movement so like if you're going on a walk and you think instead of oh here's my list of to-dos you think, oh, I can feel the wind on my face and I can feel the rocks under my feet and I can feel my clothes rubbing against my arm. Like that's mindfulness when you slow down and you think about how you're feeling and what you're observing and experiencing. And watercolor and art, I think is such a beautiful way to experience mindfulness because you're actually creating the experience you're hoping to feel, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, Sometimes mindfulness is just noticing what's happening to you, whereas using creativity to practice mindfulness is more about um, creating an experience you know is going to be meaningful. And so it just gives you, you know, that much more of a connection to it. Mm -hmm. And watercolor, I can pretty much single hand, like I can pinpoint exactly two things that helped me realize perfectionism was not for me. One of them was reading Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, (laughs) when she talked about perfectionism and she talked about vulnerability and how perfectionism is an armor and it prevents you from being in the present moment. Because for me, perfectionism was always about, well, I need to get to something better. I need to be somewhere better because I am pretty good, but pretty good is not enough. And so there's some future where I'm better. And, you know, that's just a recipe for zero self-confidence and a whole lot of shame when you think that you as a person have some future where you are worth more, right? Because you're always worth infinite exactly as you are. You don't need to do anything else. Mm -hmm. And 
So it was Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, and it was watercolor because watercolor was one of the first things that I really enjoyed practicing. You know, I really enjoyed, I did it not because I loved the end result. I did it because I loved how it made me feel. And uh, that kind of snapped me back to, oh, life isn't about what I can accomplish. Life is about what I can experience and what experiences I can have and all of the feelings that I can feel and how I can use those feelings to create even more experiences for myself. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I think that watercolor as a way to practice mindfulness and as a way to slow down, like instead of thinking about all your to-dos, again, you think, oh, wow, I wonder how it feels to put my brush to this paper. I wonder what it looks like to mix these two colors together. I wonder what the difference is between when watercolor is wet versus when it's dry. Like, I think it just invites you to curiosity about your life instead of judgment. And uh, that was a very critical mindset shift for me. So I think an important one for a lot of people as well. Um, and, mm. and I think people find it through different um, mediums as well. For you, it's yeah. watercolor. That's the one that really works for you and what you need mm. right now. But everyone has their different thing. Like for me, I just love carving lino, yes. carving blocks. Like I don't know what it is about. I could be carving anything. Sometimes I don't care <laughs> if I print it or not. I just, it's the carving. You just get lost in it. And it could yeah. be somebody doing crochet or knitting where their hands are busy and they're just making and enjoying the process. But, yeah. um, and, it, and I think you're totally right. It's about the journey, the experience, the here and now, and it isn't always about end results. And that's, I think sometimes creativity can really facilitate that and allow people to be in the moment. Um, yeah. Oh, deep yeah. stuff today. Deep stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> how I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I could talk about it forever. Um, yeah, but I might ask you some more questions. I think that's the way forward. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you some stuff to do with sort of creativity generally, because I feel we've gone down that lovely path. Um, now, I know at the start we introduced yourself. You said that you've um, played piano, so you've done music. You also write. So would you say you have always been a creative person? Yeah, I I would. I think from a small age, I um, had a very vivid imagination. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a big part of the reason why uh, I was a, an avid reader. As a child, I read hundreds of books every year. So yeah. many books. <laughs> totally there with you. Yeah. <laughs> a book problem myself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have. Yeah. My, my partner can attest. I have just like shelves stacked with books because yeah. I just can't yeah. wait to, to and dive I'm in and next to it when I fill them up and then on top of the bookshelves. <laughs> yep. Yep. So many, so many books. Um, yeah. And I've always just really loved diving into new worlds and, and finding out that, you know, finding ways to make me feel bigger. And that's what creativity did for me as a kid between reading. And I've all, I, I always was a writer since I was a kid. Also, Mm. um, at some point about 10, I stopped doing art because, um, we did this program in my school called meet the masters where, you know, a parent would come in and talk about famous artists like Van Gogh, Uh, and we would have to recreate some of their famous artworks. And, you know, of course I noticed my starry, starry night was not nearly as good as Van Gogh's. (laughs) (laughs) And so how could I be good at it when it's not as good as the, anyway. And so I stopped doing art at about 10, but, um, but even after that, there were so many other ways, like I did choir and theater, like I said, too. And I think that yeah creativity was always about for me feeling bigger than just me Mm -hmm. and um and I've really loved it since Mm -hmm. since then (laughs) that's fantastic I mean I was going to ask what does creativity mean to you but I feel you may have just explained that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that creativity I mean you know, on the one hand, when I say something like creativity makes me feel bigger than myself, it it could lean into a perfectionism slant, meaning 
by me by myself alone is not good enough, but that's not really what I mean. I think what I mean is creativity helps connect me to bigger things. Mm. It helps me feel like I'm not just alone on this world Mm. that I am intricately connected to so many things. If I have the courage and vulnerability to just reach out and grab them, Mm. right? Because creativity takes a lot of courage. You can't just passively be creative. You have to actively create something. And when you create something, it means putting a piece of yourself out there, no matter what that looks like. Mm. And yeah. And so I think creativity is about being bigger than myself and helps me access courage when I need it. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree about that courage thing. So I think anytime I've ever launched something new, that is creative I'm terrified yes <laughs> yes because you've drawn something you've printed something you've created something and you're right a bit of your soul a bit of your mind whatever it is is gone into it so much has gone yeah. into it it's it takes a lot from you and it can be terrifying to share that with the world um, and obviously you don't have to share it with the world a lot of people will do creative practices for the sake of the creative practices keep them private um you know I always say to people I'm teaching who work in sketchbooks you don't have to show the sketchbook to anyone it's completely yours it's a private space to create and be safe and I think that's important but then when you do show your creativity and your art to the world it's uh that's that's a whole separate level of (laughs) yes things of of stepping out there isn't it it's it can be terrifying (laughs) yeah it I think I think that when you create something, and then especially when you show your creation to somebody, you're basically saying, I am worthy of taking up this space. I am worthy of expanding and putting pieces of myself that exist outside of myself. And this is the space that belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, especially when you come from you know societies that don't want you to take up so much space and encourage you to be smaller and encourage you to um, keep the peace, so to speak. It can be really scary to take up space because, you know, there's, there are always going to be people who challenge that, excuse me, who challenge that and make you question whether or not you deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. And I can just undeniably say to anybody who's listening, you deserve to be here, even if the thing that you created isn't perfect, because it will never, ever be perfect because there is no such thing. I just, especially when it comes to creativity, you know, I I actually realized this, uh, maybe it was like two years ago. If perfection exists, if perfection is an ideal is actually attainable, that means there is some kind of standard at which point there's no more reason to make any progress, right? Mm -hmm. Like if perfection is a thing, that means at some point you have to be able to reach it and then you wouldn't need creativity anymore. And Mm -hmm. what kind of a life is that? What kind of a life Mm -hmm. is that where you wouldn't need creativity anymore? And Mm -hmm. so I just like, I don't, I don't think that is for me. I don't think the idea of perfection is for me, but I do 100% feel terrified whenever I share things. Actually, when I published this, Mm. when I first received my first author's copy, which was like maybe three months before it was going to hit the shelves, my my partner um, knew what it was. And so he slid it out of the envelope into my hands and I looked at it And for a fleeting moment, I felt just like pure euphoria and then instant overwhelming dread. I was (laughs) so terrified Mm. and I had to sit down and I just like furiously was reading through thinking, this is terrible. Nobody's going to understand what I'm saying. I don't think anybody's going to learn. They're going to look at these paintings and say, oh, those are just amateurish, you know, not worth my time. So many thoughts, so many thoughts. And I mean, of course, I have anxiety and social anxiety on top of just generally being a human. And so I couldn't stop thinking about how terrible my book was for a long time. (laughs) But it's not. And... (laughs) Even if it was, I think this is the most important thing. Even if 
the things that I make are terrible, according to other people, they can never take away how wonderful it was to actually make it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and I think I heard, I, one of my stories are always like, I heard this from someone, I heard this somewhere, but it's true. I heard this from someone who was writing a book and she said, when I'm writing a book, the creating the creative process, that's for me. Mm. When I create something, actually creating it, that's the thing that I'm going to take away from the experience. When I release it into the world, it's not mine anymore. Mm. It's everybody else's. They get to do whatever they want with it. And what they do with it has absolutely nothing to do with me. And it has no reflection on me. It has no bearing on me. I can, you know, use that information if I find some people have comments that are helpful, you know, to continue my creative process. But the thing that was mine is the actual creating part. Mm. And the opinions about my creation are theirs. That's not mine. <laughs> and I think that was helpful yeah. for me. I think it's really helpful. I think a lot of artists find that that they'll they'll create something from whatever viewpoint, whatever experience that they have. And then whether it's a book, a painting, uh, whatever it might be, once it's out there in the world, other people come to that artwork, that book with their own viewpoints and experiences, and they'll see different things in it. And yeah. I think sometimes that is the most wonderful thing about art is that it cre it's created from one place and one experience mm -hmm. or a mixture of things. And then it's it's experienced through a whole load of different experiences. And if we think of yeah. the great paintings, you know, from hundreds of years ago, that artist would have had a particular experience of 200 years ago, 300 years ago. And we're now looking at it from a modern perspective and seeing and still seeing so much beauty and things of interest to discuss in it. And I think sometimes that is what is amazing about art and creativity is that it is timeless and everyone can enjoy it wherever yeah. you're from it doesn't matter you can still enjoy it and get something from it yeah I absolutely that's actually one thing yeah I mentioned I majored in literature in college mm. and so my emphasis in literature was literary analysis which just basically meant I read a lot of books and I wrote a lot of essays about the books and <laughs> um and my favorite classes were literary history classes where we you know, read books and then analyzed the uh, historical context of the book. But then, you know, the important part was talking about how just because we may speculate that this author wrote a certain story because of what's happening in their life doesn't mean that that has to mean what it means for us. Like I can read a book and feel so have it mean something so completely different to me than what the author intended. Mm -hmm. And just because the author didn't intend that doesn't mean my feelings aren't real. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think, you know, like you said, that's what makes creativity such a gift is when you allow other people to see your creativity, I think you're terrified. They're just going to be judging you mm -hmm. when in reality, they might not be thinking about you at all. They're probably thinking about them and how what you made is affecting them. Yeah. And most likely the effect is positive and just lifts them up. And I think that's beautiful. No, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, and do you have any maybe favorite books or quotes about creativity in general that you'd like to share? Oh, yeah. I, oh, I can't remember the, the exactly how this quote goes, but it's, it's by Maya Angelou. And it's something like you can never use, you can never use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. Yeah. And uh, I think that encap encapsulates creativity so well, yeah. because, you know, we've talked about creativity is an expression of you, right? It's you having the courage to take up space and say, my viewpoint is important enough to put a piece of it somehow into this thing. Mm -hmm. And you as a person have so much more inside of you than you could ever possibly imagine. And so I think that, you know, the idea that the more, the braver you are to take a look into your own perspective, the more perspective you'll find, <laughs> like the more uh, complex you you'll find your thoughts are. 
And that, that was one of my very favorite parts about being a literature major and about being an artist is like the more you dive into an idea, somehow the bigger it becomes and the more there is to find. Mm. And I think that is pretty much true across the board. So, mm. yeah. And then the other one that I really like as a counter to that is I think by Sylvia Plath. Um, and she said something like, uh, the enemy to creativity is self-doubt or self-doubt is the enemy to creativity or something. And, um, and I think that's just perfect because if creativity is an expression of yourself, right. If you're doubting yourself, then you're not going to have that courage to share and you're never going to know what's, what's there to find. And so, you know, the way to have more creativity is to have a stronger sense of self and the way to have a stronger sense of self is to tell yourself, self, I am worthy and infinite exactly as I am. I don't have to add anything new. I don't need praise from anybody. I don't need anything else except for what I already have. And that for me, like telling myself I am worthy of celebration and respect and love exactly as I am, even if I didn't make any more art, even if I didn't make a single dollar more, even if I didn't do anything else, I am still worthy of being here. Mm. That's what gives me the courage to keep going. Because if there's, you know, if I'm going to survive the failures that happen along the way with creativity, because they will come, if I'm going to survive and know that I'm still worthy of being here, then it's not so scary to make those failures, right? It's not so scary to fall into your creativity. It just is more about exploring. So, mm. yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I completely <laughs> agree. Very wise words. Um, and just one final question, well, two more, but one final real yeah. question, um, other than asking you where we can find you, is do you have any <laughs> final tips or advice for the listeners of Creativity Talks about? developing creativity further or just sustaining a regular creative practice what's you know what's been the best thing that's worked for you or what would you say to people this is the one thing you should be doing yeah I think the only way to to I don't want to say get better but you know the only way to grow in your creativity is to practice your creativity mm-hmm. and uh, I think that a lot of people especially my students come to me saying, what's the secret? Like, what's the key to getting better at watercolor? And when I say practice, they're always like, no, it can't be practice, (laughs) (laughs) but it is, it is the only way to get better is to practice. Mm -hmm. And the way to, you know, have that be sustainable is to make practice fun Mm -hmm. and to make practice fun is to make it about finding tiny moments of wonder in the moment. And that's really what I, why I think mindfulness and art and having like a mindful approach to making art is so mm-hmm. important, not only for your life to help you, you know, relax and have more enjoyment, but also for your skill. Because when you can find tiny moments of wonder in the practice, you're going to want to practice more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And the more you practice with that kind of intentional, curious eye, Mm -hmm. the progress is just going to (laughs) come. Like you're going to get better. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a roundabout way of saying the way to get better is to not focus about, not focus on getting better. (laughs) It's to focus on just just doing, just focus on doing. Yeah. Yeah. To just do it. And the way to just do it, I found sustainably is to let go of this all or nothing nonsense, which I say that really cavalierly, but I have been an all or nothing person for almost all of my life where, you know, the whole idea that, well, I'm either going to do it well, or I'm not going to do it at all. And I just think that that usually results in you not doing anything at all. At least it has for me. And, um, and so if you that's part of the like, recovering perfectionist as well, isn't it? It's the, the, the letting go of that. You've got to do a finish something, a perfect Exactly. Yeah. It's just actually going, well, how about today? I just make a mark on a bit of paper. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly right. And that's what I like to tell people is every single time you are creative, even if it's just one stroke of your paintbrush on a piece of paper, just one, it's adding value to your life. And uh, so, you know, if you're kind of lamenting the fact that you have a busy life, I understand that I have a toddler, 
I, you know, I get to make art and run my business in the early morning hours and the few hours at nap time. And so I just, anyway, I get it. Mm. But if you remind yourself that every little bit counts for something, every little, every time you exercise that bravery to put a piece of yourself out there, it counts for something. Mm. And those somethings add up to your whole life, right? Mm. And uh, so in order to make creativity sustainable, you have to make practice fun and you have to take off the pressure of like making practice this huge thing. If you want to dedicate hours every day, go for it. I think that's awesome and it sounds fun. But if you can't, even five minutes a day, even 10 minutes a week, even if you only have 10 minutes every week, if you can be consistent, or at least come to it when you can. And that usually means prioritizing yourself, right? Like making yourself important enough Mm -hmm. to invest in, Um, then you will find so much more joy and magic in your life, I think. And even just little pieces. Mm, Absolutely. And I think that is a fabulous piece of advice to end on so the, Great. the very <laughs> the very last thing I would like to ask you is um obviously people have been listening to you for the last sort of half hour or so where can we find you online or elsewhere yes so I you my website is www.thiswritingdesk.com uh fun fact my business name is this writing desk because I wanted to do the writing desk, like from Alice in Wonderland. Mm. Uh, but that was taken on Instagram by somebody who had not posted in three years. <laughs> so I did this writing desk because initially it was just when I started an art Instagram account about five years ago to practice my hand lettering. And I did this writing desk because of the little at symbol in front of your handle. Mm -hmm. And so I thought if you read it all together, it would say like at this writing desk and all the, you know, things that I was doing. So anyway, that's a random story, but my, my Instagram (laughs) handle is at this writing desk. And that's also my website. Um, that's also my YouTube channel. I have lots of tutorials on YouTube. I'm primarily a landscape artist. And so you'll find a lot of beginner friendly landscape tutorials on YouTube. Um, I'm also on the learning platform Skillshare. I have, I think 30 classes on Skillshare and, um, I post more, I post a few more Skillshare classes every year. Mm. Um, you can find my books, which I mentioned, <laughs> uh, stunning watercolor landscape, stunning watercolor seascapes doesn't come out until April, mm-hmm. but, um, you can pre-order it now. And finally, I have a signature watercolor course. That's like such a businessy thing to say, but I have a, <laughs> I have a begin, I have a beginner's watercolor course that I open twice a year called exploring mm. watercolor 101. Um, which is opening November 16th. Uh, And it is basically everything that I wish that I knew about watercolor all into one package uh, in a very curated, clear way, but also filled with a lot of me saying, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to do it the way that I'm doing, but this is the way that makes sense for me because that's just how I roll. Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah you can find more about that on my website. I think if Sorry. anyone has been listening to you and has enjoyed the words that you've been saying about creativity and is curious about watercolor, I think it's a fabulous place to to come and learn. So, um, and I know on a podcast platform we can't see the the um, the book that you've been holding up to the screen in front of me because right, right, via Zoom. <laughs> um, but I've you know I've looked at Colby's work. She's been doing some wonderful teaching for my membership. Um, and, you know, the work is really beautiful, but taught in a lovely, approachable step-by-step way, which I think helps to make creativity incredibly accessible, which it is. Creativity is for everyone. So lovely. Um, a huge thank you for coming on to Creativity Talks today. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. And um, I wish you the very best with everything. Oh, thank you. It was such a pleasure to be here talking to you, Susan. I appreciate it. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. So once again, a huge thank you to Colby Bloom for coming on to Creativity Talks today. 
to discuss with me about her thoughts and opinions on her watercolour practice and her experiences as an artist, as a tutor and as an author of now two books all about watercolour. And you can find Colby, as she said just a moment ago, at this writing desk. Now, as we were conducting that interview, and I do the interviews via Zoom, so a platform where I can see her and she can see me and we can have a discussion face to face. Um, obviously, she's across the world to me as I'm based here in the UK. I was writing little notes of some of the things that really stuck out for me in terms of the advice for all of you listening and things that resonated with myself to do with creativity. I think the first thing that I noted down was you deserve to be here. And I think that any of us, when we come to our creative practice in whatever form it may take, we do deserve to be here. We deserve to be able to create. We are entitled to express ourselves in whatever medium we choose to use and we are entitled to create and I think completely have the confidence that you are able to create, that you should create, that it's your duty to yourself to express and create. And another thing I wrote down was, I am worthy of celebration. I'm worth celebrating. Absolutely, you definitely are. Um, and I think the other things that I've written down is practice your creativity, which I think is totally right. And also that creativity is about tiny moments of wonder. Gosh, isn't that beautiful? I think there were some truly wise words there from Colby. So again, thank you to her for coming on. I enjoy the chat enormously and I certainly hope you do as well. And once again, it's been a really lovely, wonderful interview that we've had today. And if you're new to Creativity Talks and you haven't listened before, there are a number of artist interviews and discussions with other creatives. So do browse through the previous episodes to listen in to some of these wonderful discussions that I've been having. And every time I speak to somebody else, there's a new perspective, there's a new um, quote that they, they come up with a new place for ideas, a new piece of inspiration. It truly is an inspiring bunch of conversations and I enjoy it hugely. So thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoy and I will come back to you very shortly with another episode of Creativity Talks. Take care and enjoy your creativity. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of Creativity Talks. To see the show notes and to find out more about how you can get more creative, go to www.creativitytalkspodcast.co.uk or search for the hashtag Creativity Talks. If you enjoyed the show, please let other people know about it by sharing this episode or the podcast webpage. You can also leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. All reviews and recommendations are deeply appreciated and help to ensure that I can continue to make more episodes and inspire as many people as possible. Take care and stay creative. Mm -hmm.